This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about the new season of What If? Season 2, Episode 5. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? If the stories are true, then the Hydra Stomper is responsible for some of the world's worst acts of terror, which cost the lives of dozens of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, including friends of mine. Fury, Steve would never do that. He would if the Red Room was in control. What are you saying? It was rumored that her old home found and housed the Hydra Stomper. You knew about this and you didn't tell me? Didn't see the point in breaking your heart twice. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to this episode of the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. Yes, we're looking at Season 2, Episode 5. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? Mm. I am one of your stomping hosts, John. And I'm your other host, Derek. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. We are in 2024 now. We are. Another... Year over, a new one just begun. Yes. That's what you were going to sing. That was it. Yeah, thought so. <laughs> you couldn't remember, could you? No, no. I couldn't. But uh, yes, fellow defenders, happy new year to yeah. you indeed. We hope you had an excellent New Year's Eve mm-hmm. and are in fine form moving into the new year. And of course, all the best for 2024. Absolutely. And we're starting it the way we always do with a brand new podcast. We are indeed, yes. You know, there are flavours of the MCU. I always like to say, you know, people always got into this whole thing about the superhero genre getting tired. But I always said if there were movies that were doing something different, they can be they can be superhero movies, but they can do something different. And one of my absolute favourites of the MCU had always been uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. So to take a What If episode with Captain Carter and reframe uh, the Winter Soldier. Uh, this is probably one that I was pretty excited about uh, hearing that it was coming up in season two. Did they accomplish the goal? Did they uh, hit the mark? Uh, definitely better than episode four um, and a really exciting episode. I really yeah, enjoyed this And one. an intriguing yeah. end as well. Absolutely. With, uh, Captain Carter being sucked through a red vortex. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm, yep. Hints of a wonder uh, going on here. Yeah. And hints to uh, another uh, very exciting episode that I'm well, looking exactly. forward to later on in the season. Mm. Yeah, Yes, 1602 mm-hmm. uh, universe, yep. for sure. Can't wait for them. But let us get into our spoiler-filled discussion for this episode. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, uh, if you're joining uh, us for the first time, or indeed if you haven't done already, you can pop on over to our website, at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to the podcast on any mysterious podcast player in the multiverse of Mm -hmm. your choice. We also love to hear from our fellow defenders on all things what if. So if you have any feedback, please send in emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can join our Facebook group over on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV Podcast Industries. Yes, absolutely. And follow us over on threads. Uh, you can find us at TV Podcast Industries over there as well, uh, if you're not a Facebook user. Yes. <laughs> Derek, what are some of the episode details for episode five? 
Yeah, once again, executive producers for the show, Brian Andrews, AC Bradley, and Brad Winterbaum, uh, with Kevin Feige, of course, uh, the head writer for the show, AC Bradley. And once again, AC Bradley writing this episode of What If Season 2, Episode 5, uh, directed by Brian Andrews once again. Excellent stuff. And John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Season 2, Episode 5, What If Captain Carter Fought the Hydra Stomper? Sure. Following a mission to retake the ship, the Lemurian star, Captain Peggy Carter and Natasha Romanoff find a still-alive Steve Rogers inside the Hydra Stomper armor. Rogers attacks them both before destroying the vessel. A briefing with Nick Fury leads Romanoff to deduce that Rogers, who went missing in 1953, was brainwashed by agents of the Red Room. Carter and Romanov help Brock Rumlow protect Bucky Barnes, who is Rogers' next target, before incapacitating Rogers and travelling to a secret hideout in Scotland. Attempts to reboot the suit fail, as it is keeping Rogers alive, though each activation reduces chances of survival. Rogers awakens, then offers to help Carter take down the Red Room, in hopes of finding a cure before escorting her and Romanov to a former KGB test site. The three survive an ambush by various automated drones, before Rogers' brainwashing is reactivated by Melina Vostokov, who admits to staging the earlier events. Carter battles Rogers, while Romanov fends off Vostokov's Black Widows. After Carter pleads with him to stop fighting, Rogers flies towards the Red Room and destroys it in spite of her protests. Noticing Rogers' move, Romanov fires her grappling hook to latch onto him and ties it to Vostokov, who dies in the explosion. Sometime later, Carter, convinced Rogers is still alive, decides to find him. As she bids Romanov farewell, a portal opens beneath Carter's feet and transports her to another universe where she encounters medieval-era variants of Nick Fury and Wanda Maximoff. Mm, yes, the Wanda Merlin, as she's called in the yes. credits. So that'll be an interesting one to see, as we said earlier on. Uh, looking forward to seeing Absolutely. how that plays out. Yes, and yeah. less medieval, probably more Elizabethan. Exactly. Yes, yes, 100%. Same yes. kind of vibe, I yeah, guess. Yeah, definitely Elizabethan. A similar vibe, yeah, but people may mistake that. Yes, it's, it's uh, the Elizabethan era is different to the medieval era, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But we'll find out about that in sixteen oh two. Let's talk about the episode itself. Indeed, let us get on to our first point. What if we had seen this before? Mm -hmm. What are the cinematic uh, universe references uh, to, for this uh, episode of What If? Mm -hmm. But actually before getting into that we do have the um what if season one finale being referenced here yep. right at the start where peggy carter heads to the same universe as uh natasha romanoff exactly because her universe verse had been destroyed right yes. so she she couldn't be put back there so um i i like it at the beginning where the watcher is saying that he doesn't do sequels sequels are not a thing that he's uh, interested in doing but there's not very many universes that have Captain Carter in them, mm -hmm. and she is a friend of his, so uh, he wanted to tell another story uh, of uh, of Captain Carter. So I kind of like that at the beginning, um, yeah. that we have that that kind of self-referential piece where he's kind of going, well, it is kind of a sequel. <laughs> exactly, and, and hence why ultimately then in this universe of Natasha Romanoff's, mm -hmm. um, the, we have, uh, you know, this, this storyline then is referencing their version of Captain America Winter Soldier mm -hmm. as well, which is kind of, uh, interesting, but yeah. rather than, um, the Winter Soldier, 
we have the Hydra Stomper. Exactly. Um, and not being piloted by Bucky, but uh, within it is contained a, a kind of brainwashed Steve Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Who had disappeared many years ago on a mission uh, to take out different Hydra and sort of units and, well, and bases in Argentina. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they kind of say that he's he was on the missions of taking out multiple bases for many years, for those yeah, 10 with years. With Bucky. With Bucky. So the two of them had set up their uh, two-man army, I guess, uh, to take out as many uh, Hydra stations as possible. Interestingly, that kind of weaves into the background of the episode because I think anyway, um, they were very successful in taking out Hydra uh, bases and Hydra places because we don't have the underlying threat within uh, the Winter Soldier of Hydra taking over S.H.I.E.L.D. here. Yeah, exactly. S.H.I.E.L.D. is still very much active. Um, Brock Rumlow, who was a member of Hydra and was following Hydra, he is now the protector of uh, Bucky Barnes, Bucky Barnes himself, replacing Alexander Pierce, um, who was the effectively one of the leaders of Hydra uh, yeah. in uh, in Winter Soldier. So, uh, so I thought that was quite interesting, that effectively the work with Captain America working alongside Bucky Barnes, uh, they were able to stop um, shield being taken over by Hydra. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And also, as we've seen in some of the other episodes, uh, Peggy Carter, not a leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. here because she's Captain Carter. Uh, she has taken the position of Captain America. We see uh, the Avengers uh, scene play out, the attack of the Shatari at the, the opening of the episode, where we have a new version of the Avengers here as well, if you if you noticed. Yeah. Uh, no Hulk this time. Absolutely not. But we do have the Wasp as a member of uh, of the Avengers team this time, which is quite interesting. Yeah. We have Natasha still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Captain Peggy Carter. Yep. We do have Iron Man. Mm-hmm. He is there. And we have Thor. Yes. So, yeah, we have that nice little um, Avengers sequence going mm-hmm. on here as well. Yeah. Uh, and also then references to the Black Widow movie with the Red Room, the, yep. the floating um, base, uh, almost the evil... Uh, opposite to the helicarrier mm-hmm. for shield it is the floating almost uh sort of cylon starship um which is yeah. the red room yeah exactly exactly and of course again from black widow we have uh melina back here uh who had posed as um as natasha romanoff's mother uh in black widow she's here now as a leader of the red room uh in this episode so yeah. great to see rachel weiss uh back uh in yeah it was great that she episode. was voicing yeah. that yeah, yeah absolutely really cool, yeah i kind of like that's one of the things i really like about about what if when they're able to get the original actors back yeah. to do it's really uh, good. To do these roles and do uh the possibility that they're able to bring characters back that we may not see in movies again uh may not be bringing back because we're not going to have a black widow too so uh, we may not see rachel weiss in the universe again no um but it's kind of cool that she's able to come back and reprise the role uh for these episodes yeah absolutely um but shall we get mm-hmm. on to our second point what if there was a small change yeah the premise of the episode uh, this is an interesting one because this is a sequel as called out by the watcher the small change happened really in the previous episode back yes. in back in the first season where peggy carter uh went went through the change became captain carter and landed up uh in our time as the woman out of time as the as the um the the traveler going into the future so that change has already happened but the additional change is after being left behind, Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes teaming up and finished destroying Hydra bases uh, together as a as a team. So that's kind of the additional change, and it is Steve Rogers who's captured, brainwashed, and becomes this agent of. Well, they uh, say killed. 
So yeah, they believed it, killed. Yeah, killed, and yeah. The, there is the reference that the Hydra Stomper suit is keeping him alive. Yes. So every time they reboot, there is a danger that it won't reboot Steve Rogers. So there's yes. an element here that the Hydra Stomper um, device, the machine, mm-hmm. is also a life support system yeah. for Steve Rogers, who was seemingly um, at least killed probably resuscitated and is is kept going by the hydra stomper yeah uh, but also then it's the notion that he has also been brainwashed by um the black widows of the red room yes particular melina um the the head of, of mm-hmm. the black widows or at least now yeah or at least now yeah so uh so similar to the way that they would um raise Bucky Barnes as the Winter Soldier and bring him out of uh, bring him out of cold storage almost to go and uh, and assassinate people across the world. That's what they've been doing with the Hydra Stomper over the previous decades. And uh, Fury calls out in one of the conversations with um, Natasha and uh, and uh, Peggy that many mem- members of Shield have been killed by. Uh, by the Hydra Stomp. Yeah. He doesn't want to believe that it's Steve Rogers, that Steve Rogers will be coming out and killing friends of his, uh, effectively. So they never wanted to bother Peggy Carter with the possibility that it could be Steve Rogers, that, uh, this assass, this person that's assassinating people throughout history, throughout the last 50, 60 years could, could be Steve Rogers, that there's a potential that he's still alive. Yeah. So, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's quite I, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought the action sequences here, you know, we have it, um, sort of around the the Lemurian star. Mm-hmm. We have it around um Shield's headquarters, yep. the Triskillian. Yes. Um, you know, we have it above the KGB and um, sort of uh, model American town mm-hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. Like it's really good action. I thought um, so. Yeah. You know, very airborne as well with the Hydra Stomper being able to um, fly. And mm-hmm. um, certainly, uh, I thought that was just really, really good. The animation of it. Um, I absolutely uh, loved the almost the eerie nuclear horror of the model american town Mm -hmm. with the animatronic uh people um the you know all just really really creepy as these animatronic figures you know the unblinking dead eyes uh, really creepy it's like i love america Uh all this kind of stuff would you like some ice cream yeah you know um oh what a lovely baby you know all these just kind of platitudes being done um this kind of former kgb testing ground for infiltrating into um you know the the american town yeah uh, during the the cold war so i really like to really like natasha's kind of uh joke about why it's so bad because they didn't actually have cable tv from america so they only had a couple of reference points to build this (laughs) off of (laughs) so that was quite a good little joke as well but i did like that you know it's kind of um you know that 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 typical thing where sort of steve seemingly is you know is conscious and Mm. free of his brainwashing him and peggy are talking and then they turn around and suddenly all these animatronic figures how are facing them and then suddenly become you know um devices for firing the electronic shock 
mm-hmm. and sort of stun uh, shots that you see Natasha do. Yes, um, the widow's bites. Yeah. Yes. So I, you know, it was really, really good. I really yeah. enjoyed that. I loved that kind of aesthetic. It was really, yeah. really well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I like the conversation between Steve and Peggy, um, yeah. getting a moment back together again. You know, it's it's uh, the the eternal kind of relationship between the two of them always seems to have. Uh, so much misery to it because they always seem to be torn apart and broken apart um, within these stories. Um, but I thought it was a really nice moment to have the two of them together. But I suppose that the, it does give me a little question of, is was Steve in control there? Did Steve come back? Was he the one that was actually talking to Peggy in that scene? Um, they play it off that it's all part of the plan. The whole point was to get Peggy Carter. Yeah. Um, is this a brainwashed Steve that's talking to her, saying whatever he needs to to get Peggy on board, or was Steve actually free for a minute until the Hydra Stomper suit came um, came back and took him over again? I have the feeling that he was mm. in control in that moment because he does try and fight off the animatronics, and then it shuts down and comes yes. back again, yes. and then and I think you do have Melina saying, you know. Um, it was all a plan and that, you know, his brainwashing has taken effect again. Mm-hmm. But the plan all along in and in players was this distraction in order to get Captain Carter and Natasha mm-hmm. to this model American town in Sokovia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. Um, and we do see that, that I guess... Uh, Steve gets a little bit of control back because the Hydra Stomper is what saves everything. Uh, it grabs Melina, pulls her up into uh, the Red Room ship and destroys yeah. it and kills Melina. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, absolutely. I love the fact that um, I love Natasha attacking the other Black Widows. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with Melina and, you know, you see the skill of Melina, you know, the really head to head here. But I like that brief moment where she sees Steve Rogers. And, you know, to some extent, Natasha's much more de- detached from Steve than yeah, exactly. uh, Peggy for obvious reasons, but yeah. just fires the grappling gun at Steve Rogers, not to prevent him from exploding the ship, mm-hmm. but simply to attach Melina on so that um, it takes her into uh, the explosions being caused yes. uh, by Steve Rogers, who brings down the, the Red Room onto this model village. Yes, um, of course. It is Natasha I'm, that saves uh, saves today as well. Sorry, of course Natasha was involved in that. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just the Hydra Stomper and Steve's actions. It was also Natasha. Yeah, and they're like, I suppose that's one of the things that you lose in this version of the world, in this, uh, in this twist on it with Captain Carter, is the relationship between Natasha and Steve Rogers, which is one of the best things about those series of movies, is those two characters work so well together. They are best friends yeah. at this time, and because they haven't had those uh, those moments together, well, uh, we don't get that relationship between the two of them. Well, there's that nice moment where Natasha goes to meet Peggy Carter, like she does with Captain America mm-hmm. in The Winter Soldier, where he's running around past the Jefferson yep. Memorial, around that lake, and she goes, I, I don't run to. in circles. Yeah. Um, exactly. You know, there yes. is no falcon mm. there. Um, yeah. But Peggy goes to Natasha. No, I don't run in circles. Mm-hmm. Um, so Absolutely. you know, it's it, those bits of dialogue that yeah. really nice touches. Uh, I thought, you know, yeah, I do. I do really like the relationship between Natasha and Peggy. I think it works really well. And I think, you know, I 
would be more than happy to see another episode in season three with those two characters uh, together again. They, were, they worked really well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're not going to have Steve and Natasha, Peg and Natasha will work just as well. Yeah. I think. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, anything else about the episode you want to call out, John? Anything else you want to talk about uh, from the episode? No, um, I think we can go on to our third point. What if mm-hmm. the universe was changed forever? What would be so different yeah, what's the big change here after uh, after the events of this i suppose differently to all the rest of the episode this is the one that has a kind of a post-credit moment or an end moment that stops the universe from changing even further uh, which is that peggy is once again pulled out of time and space yeah um, exactly yeah. and i think that's it i think the focus of it on peggy carter i mean ultimately the change as you say happened within um season one mm-hmm. so you know, the change here is that they have Captain Carter as, you know, their primary Avenger, mm-hmm. not Steve Rogers. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a different path here. So it's all very much um Peggy Carter focused. Yeah. But similarly, then the change is that Peggy once again gets pulled you know, out of her time, yeah. which is a new one from her original mm-hmm. um, and into uh, a web of um, Elizabethan hey nonny nonnies from, um, you know, Sir Nicholas Fury uh-huh. and the the great court wizard uh, Wanda Merlin. Yes, yes. So I suppose that's the big change. That's, that's what we're going to see uh, in the future this time so uh, that's the unusual part about this is that it's going to lead into another episode uh, later down the season so um, I suppose we already talked about some of the changes that have happened in this universe um, you know Hydra seems to have been stomped out by the Hydra Stomper yeah. that changes quite a significant portion of the history of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, is, is, uh, interestingly um, the fact that Bucky Barnes is now in the very high position that he's in, which obviously he never got to be because he was, uh, he was being used as, as the Winter Soldier. But Melina makes a reference there, um, to the fact that even Russian girls want to be like Captain Carter. That's really interesting in and of itself, because if you remember in the first Captain America movie, it's Captain America and he is a symbol of American freedom, of American, um, belief systems whereas captain carter has always been captain carter she has a british flag on it because she's british but she works for an international group it's not about the american value system so that's inspiring people around the world and as melina says you know you're the epitome of womanhood and science that's what she represents um and i say even russian young girls and, mm-hmm. and women want to be want like to be her. Like her. Yeah. Um, I mean, even just, you know, when Melina arrives, she says, I don't know whether to kiss you, kill you, or dissect you. Mm-hmm. And Peggy goes, perhaps it'll be all three. Exactly. And she goes, oh, there's a thought. You know, So <laughs> yeah. there is almost a begrudging sort of respect for her. Absolutely. Here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's almost uh, like if yeah. Melina can, can harness that power herself yeah. for the red room then they could get even more supported and more yeah. and more people to follow along with them so uh, interestingly ac bradley on, on twitter after the episode came out the, the writer of the episode uh, talked about the fact that she'd received a lot of messages asking about hope van dyne as the wasp being member of the avengers here because there's nothing mentioned about it um it's just captain carter sending off everybody uh, on their various missions the wasp comes in and she sends uh, the wasp up into the sky exactly as uh, Steve Rogers had done uh, in the Avengers, but 
uh, she talked about why Hope Van Dyne is a member of the team. And she says, well, how did that happen? Well, since Captain Carter, a woman, ended World War II, the feminist movement occurred immediately after the war. This had a ripple effect across all of society, leading to more female shield agents, heroes, and women in positions of authority. If you look at the strike team around minute 12 of the episode where uh, Brock Rumlow comes in, there's many more women in those positions. Uh, Since Peggy Carter wasn't around to found S.H.I.E.L.D., that responsibility fell to Hope's parents, Hank and Janet, and also Bucky and his good friend Howard Stark. All this led to Hope taking on the Wasp mantle much earlier. Some other tidbits from the episode. Bucky survived the war and became a Jimmy Carter-esque elder statesman. Howard didn't die in 1991. Uh, In my mind, Howard was a better father and had a closer relationship with his son. Tony and Bruce are always and forever the mad genius science bros, at least in my mind, says uh, says AC. Uh, And finally, the Captain Carter biopic was a musical, but sadly not a Broadway play. At least not yet, she says. <laughs> Excellent. So, so I really like that. Uh, that kind of gives reference to all those things that are mentioned in the episode. Um, they call out, do you want to go to Stark or to Banner um, to help get um, Steve Rogers out of the out of the Hydra Stomper suit? So the two of them have started working together as science bros within the universe, which I like. But we don't have Hulk Banner uh, in the in the episode reference, but he is a, a very big and well-known scientist, apparently. Yeah. So. Really like that. Some nice little notes from AC there. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Well then, with that, Derek, do you defend episode five of season two? What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? I kind of reveal my thoughts up front that there, that there are various flavors of the Marvel Universe. This is my favorite flavor. Captain America, Winter Soldier, with Captain Carter instead of Steve Rogers, a whole a whole love story between the two of them in the middle of it, Natasha Romanoff and uh, and Peggy Carter being really good friends, all that stuff works really well for me. And referencing other movies that we haven't seen much of uh, since they were out originally, like uh, Black Widow, um, bringing all that together in this great big melting pot worked really well for me. I loved this episode. This Excellent. is definitely my favorite so far uh, of this even season. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so lots more Peggy Carter to come. I'm really glad we're going to see her again uh, later on in the season when we get to 69. Too, that'll be lots of fun to see uh, how she plays in that world because uh, what I presume is going to happen given that she's just been pulled through at the end of the episode but uh, really cool and what a great cast here getting everybody back again getting uh, getting Samuel L. Jackson back getting Rachel Weisz back getting uh, almost everybody back of course as we mentioned before, um, we'll never have uh, an, an episode of this show featuring Scarlett Johansson as as uh, the Scarlet Witch. She's not coming back to the show. She's always said that she's not going to do it. Lake Bell doing a pretty good job uh, voicing Natasha yeah. Romanoff. I'm getting very used to her voice. So so very used to seeing her uh, or hearing her uh, play this role. So uh, overall, really, really good. Loved it. I would love to see more. If, if they were going to do another spinoff like they're doing with Marvel Zombies, I wish it was uh, a spinoff with lots and lots more um, Captain Carter. Yeah, excellent stuff. How about yourself, John? Do you defend this episode of What If? I do defend this episode. I'd give this four and a half reigning red rooms out of five. Fair yeah, yes. I really enjoyed this. I loved the, the, the switch up. I, I love Winter Soldier mm-hmm. as a movie, so I like this change an awful lot. Um, I really enjoyed connecting back in with the red room as well. I loved the um, all-American uh, town in Sokovia, just the that creepiness from the animatronic uh, figures, um, Steve's sacrifice um, uh, of himself mm-hmm. to bring down the Red Room. I loved all of this. Thought it was really, really good. Uh, I loved the take on 
primarily winter soldier here mm-hmm. and so for me yeah four and a half reigning red rooms out of five fantastic great stuff john usual question to end off the episode what if we had some feedback well, surprisingly, we do. We do yes. Excellent stuff. First up, an email from Coffee and Vodka says, Greetings, fellow embattled defenders. The animation, music, and sound design on this one were exceptional for a show already exceptional in these regards. Fluid fight sequences, excellent voice work, and Captain Carter's welcome anytime they want to feature her. Mm-hmm. My only problem with this one was how easily the bad guys and gals fell to the widow stings where our champions were able to mostly tough them out mm. not counting the fails Bestadel Tess as it's a love story and all leading up to 1602 which somehow falls outside alternate realities and timelines if the watcher's reaction is anything to go by the game is afoot and a shield mm-hmm. four and a half steve doors red rooms and <laughs> murderous mannequins out of five peace and take care coffee and vodka excellent yeah I, I suppose we do see natasha fall pretty quickly to the uh widow bites it's yes definitely captain carter that doesn't and she is a super soldier so she falls she does fall uh she doesn't reach the Hydra Stomper, which is trying to reach to, to uh, get Steve there. Um, so she doesn't fall immediately to the wid- to the Widow's Bites. But again, she's a super soldier. She should be able to survive yeah. a few more of them than uh, than the uh, members of the Red Room team, I guess, yeah. the Widows. Um, so I can understand that one. I definitely see where, yeah. um, where Coffee and Vodka is coming from on that. I did mm-hmm. kind of think that myself. But you're right, yeah. I mean, Captain Carter is effectively a super soldier yeah and so yeah that that should kind of work yeah uh, for her to be able to be a bit more resistant to them but the fact uh, that she did fall i suppose is is still yeah. good at least yeah. it, at least it wasn't saying she was able to fight her way through all of them and, and yeah, exactly. achieve her goal i suppose uh, but uh you're absolutely right coffee vodka that final reaction from <laughs> from Uwatsu, the watcher uh as as he's seeing his story that he's telling end in such a weird way where the portal opens up and Peggy disappears. He's like, hang on a second. What the hell just happened there? Um, so he has no idea what's happening. This isn't part of his story. Uh, this tale as, uh, as Peggy's being dragged into 1602, something else is happening here, uh, that he's not aware of, which is, uh, always interesting when the watcher doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Right. So, uh, that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. that was really intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of that ending, so I really enjoyed that as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm totally with coffee and vodka about those fluid fight sequences. It just looks so well done. Yeah, there's a um, great moment yeah. when um on the ship when uh Natasha and Peggy are running away, and Peggy does a cool twist through a hole in the fence and yeah. Natasha jumps over the top of it as the explosion's coming towards them. Just so cool and so dynamic in, in the animation. There were two, one in the the town in mm. Sokovia, one on the ship as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, really good. And the one where Peggy and uh, the Stomper are falling back down to earth after mm. the, the incident at the Triskelion and Black Widow sort of being able to scoop them up inside one of the shield jump ships. Yeah. Uh, so I really like that. That's very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. cool. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Yeah. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Over on our Facebook group, Heather Wallace says, This is the episode I was waiting for, and it didn't disappoint. I like how Peggy Natasha slot into the friendship dynamic of Steve Sam. More proof that Steve with a beard is the best Steve. Cap in Infinity War is and always will be the best. More star-crossed lovers, heartbreak, and a mystery at the end. More please. More please. 
<laughs> totally with you, Heather. Yeah, this is uh, definitely my favorite. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited for more episodes of the show and knowing that we'll get more uh, Captain Carter as the episodes yeah, go on. Absolutely. It's always good, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Heather. Uh, also on Facebook, Lindsay Lawless says the season one Cap Carter Nat Geo was one of my favorite character dynamics. So to have it return for this episode was absolutely delightful. I'd honestly be down to watch a limited series just of those two in the lead. Mm-hmm. I really hope this isn't the last we see of them. Although it certainly seems it's not the last we'll see of Peggy, given the ending. Mm-hmm. Very excited to see where it all leads, if they at all pick it up at later episodes. Uh, well, I'm sure they will. They um, definitely will. So, yeah. yeah. Totally agree. I think, um, as yourself, Lindsay and, and Heather said, that kind of dynamic of Peggy and Natasha is just really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that it, it was back for this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips also agrees. He says, I agree. Uh, this Cap and the Widow pair are just brilliant and very much worth being back for the sequel and more. Great stuff. Thanks, yeah. Dr. Bob. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Uh, Joe Herbert says, fun, but a bit too much punching and blasting for me. It's the big action episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought the uh, I thought the it's action was stomping. It was stomping. <laughs> it might be too much stomping. Yeah. That might be it. A lot of stomping. Well, thanks, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Um, and finally, on Twitter, Matt Murdock says, "I'm here for a whole Natasha Peggy What If saga now. Mm-hmm. My favorite episode of season two so far." Yeah excellent stuff yeah totally agree with that great stuff thanks so much for all your feedback if you want to send in your feedback to us continue to send it in to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries thanks so much for joining us we've got uh, lots more episodes of what if to come don't we John? yeah absolutely yeah. Um, and we will be back uh, next time uh, to chat about what if season two episode six what if Kahori reshaped the world Ooh, the new MCU character yes very very interesting mm-hmm. so good stuff fellow defenders we'll be here for episode six but in the meantime keep watching keep listening keep defending and of course keep stomping bye bye <laughs>